0: What's up? Welcome to Forte Catholic, the first show after Christmas. Back in the studio after a nice Christmas break. This is your host, Taylor Schroll, live from the Red Sea Radio Studios in Bryan College Station at St. Mary's Catholic Center. I almost got locked out today. They closed a little early, but... uh, I was able to get a key. So we're here. We made it. Um, we're here on, uh, live on the air. We are live on the internet. And you can stream it live anytime if you're uh, listening in your car right now, but you think you're going to miss the show at any time, you can always go to org slash listen. Listen there. I'm on Facebook Live right now. You can check it out there. And there's always the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, so I'm trying to be as many places as possible, which I know is scary to quite a lot of people, but uh, we got a nice laid-back show today. It's it's right after Christmas. Everybody's just kind of resting. Everybody's very tired from from traveling and from all the, the hoopla of Christmas, so um, before the show started, uh, yesterday and earlier today, I, I, I put out a couple of questions asking people about their favorite Christmas gifts that they've ever gotten, or their worst Christmas gift that they ever got. Uh, I also asked, like, favorite Christmas memory. And what else did I ask? Oh, like any random questions. So I got a couple of those that I'm going to go through. If you um, want to ask a question, you can tweet me at Taylor Schroll. That's S-C-H-R-O-L-L. You can get on the Facebook Live um, and ask me there. Or you can call into the show. We've never gotten a caller before other than our, other than our, uh, our live thing, so I, I, it's a lot easier on the social media days just to have people type it in. But if you want to call in, it's 855-683-7332. But other than that, we're going we're gonna to get the show going. So I'm going to start with, um, with best and worst Christmas gifts. So um, one of my friends, Sheila, uh, she got married, changed the name. It's all very confusing. She's a good friend of mine from college. Um, she got, and I thought this was really cool because I'm real big into technology, and she got a gift this Christmas from her husband that merged like new age, new tech, and old stuff. So she likes cooking, and she got a wooden recipe box for online recipes. So she would go online and find all these recipes, and then she would like lose them, not have a place to put them, and so she would... um she got a box where she can keep those in, so she can like, write them on cards and keep them in there so that she doesn't lose them, doesn't have to Google it the next time, and she can keep track of the ones that she likes. Um, I was playing uh, poker with some friends of mine, and they did the, they did the same thing where uh, she, she would take all these recipes from friends, from the internet, from whatever, and she kept them in this binder. And I just thought that was a, a really cool idea. So, um, and then Jake, our producer, is here uh, in the studio today, very tired as well. After the Christmas break and he he has a worst Christmas gift. Why don't you explain your worst Christmas gift to our to our audience here? So
1: I guess so this this year we didn't really do too many Christmas gifts. Um we had just moved into our brand new house and so uh didn't didn't really get a chance to to get too many gift gifts this year, but um I, I probably received one of the worst gifts uh that I've ever received this year. But it, it was also kind of a joke, so um but I, I I got in my stocking from, from Santa Claus a uh, a fresh avocado. So
0: So you got it as a joke. So your family's making a mockery of Christmas is what's really correct. happening. Right yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it was it was actually from a, a video that Jimmy Fallon did, um where they uh he asked parents to like have their kids open up a one Christmas present early, but it would just be a terrible gift. And then this they showed this video of a little kid probably three or four years old um and he unwrapped his his present early and it was an avocado and he's just looks at it and is very visibly disappointed and all he says is oh it's avocado thanks (laughs) (laughs)
0: thanks <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah i saw, I saw the same video and i was like you know like you always get that present every year that like you didn't need you know like your like your grandparent gives you underwear and you're like this is super weird so you're, you're like oh thanks i appreciate it so i saw the same video so you got the avocado did you eat the avocado i
1: personally don't even like avocados you so don't like was, avocados what did you do with it it's still sitting on the um uh, coffee table
0: you should have brought the avocado because i love avocados <laughs> and that could have been your christmas gift to me so if you haven't ever done this before sitting at home you need to take an avocado cut it in half get it out of there all in one piece or like guess uh, two, two two halves get it all out don't cut it into the, just put like poor tony Shastri's all over it and then just eat it i do that all the time it's it's amazing it's so good so <clears throat> what about your best christmas gift you've ever gotten jake what's the best christmas gift you've ever received so, I guess um you asked me this before
1: the show, and I wasn't really sure how to answer, but I came up with something um i no, I guess I didn't actually receive the gift itself, but i um I wanted a brand new guitar uh for Christmas one year, and my parents didn't really want to spend you know five six hundred dollars on a brand new guitar for me, so they got all of my relatives and everybody to pitch in just some money so that I could buy the exact guitar that I wanted. Um, and so that was really, really awesome. Um, and it, I still have it today. It's an Ibanez Artcore AG75. You should look it up. It's a beautiful guitar. I don't speak Spanish. Um,
0: I I do a little bit, but not too much. Not too much. So that's great. I'm glad you ha- enjoyed your avocado. And uh, I like that the whole family pitched in. That's a, that's a fun gift for everybody to kind of join in together. So um, I was thinking about the same think for me, like, what was the, like, my best Christmas memory, the best gift that I ever got? And I have a a, a couple of really fun, really fun Christmas gift stories. So most of them revolve around Nintendo. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) Nintendo was very big in my childhood. So um, I remember one year getting, like, the original Game Boy. Did you have an original Game Boy, Jake? I didn't have the original one.
1: Um, I had a Game Boy Pocket, which was the smaller condensed version. And then I had the Game Boy Advance later on.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color. I got the original Game Boy, which is a brick with a green screen, right? Yep. And, I like, I, I'm a video, I love video games. And that was, like, my first experience with gaming. And I was, you know, took that out and I got to play as, like, Green Mario. Because, like, everybody was green because it was on a green screen. So I remember that was a great year. Um, one year, I think I've even told this story in the year before, so I'll keep it quick, but it's, it's just such a fun, fun Christmas story. Um, I had this little wish box <clears throat> that my, my mom told me to like every day, like in October and it was like, um, write something every day, what you want that day. And like the idea was over the like, next few months, whatever I wanted the most is what she would get me. Right. And that was you know, a good lesson in that. It's like, Oh, I want this. So I want it now. It's like, no, no, no. Like, what do you really want over time? So I, uh, was, but she had one rule. She's like, you can't write Nintendo 64. This was the year, like, right when Nintendo 64 came out. So, of course, being the l- snarky little kid that I was, uh, what did I write every single day in 64? I wrote it every single time, and, like, just to be a brat, I folded it up into, like, the little tiniest pieces that I possibly could, and I stuffed them all into this little wish box. And of course, she opened it, and you know, wasn't too happy. Uh, so then I I, I go uh, Christmas morning happens, and I open all my gifts, and you know, lo and behold, I don't have a Nintendo sixty four, and I'm getting like, you know, I'm I'm very sad, <laughs> I'm a very very sad little Taylor. And then, you know, my parents go upstairs, and they bring it down, and you know, what is it? Of course, it's an sixty four. So they got it for me, which um, I can only imagine that they had to like fight people in the in the store, um, you know, kind of like Turbo Man uh, in the Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movie. <laughs> You know, like 17 people got that reference, but, um, yeah, like that was one of my greatest gifts. The other one was, was, uh, kind of somber. So I got a, I got a BB gun and I loved the BB gun. It was so much fun. So what we did on Christmas day, because it, you know, it's Texas, just like it was this year, it's 75 degrees on Christmas, which is, I think why we all have the sniffles today because a week ago it was 30 degrees and now it's <laughs> back up to 75, 80 degrees. So, um... So yeah, we got the BB gun, set up a little milk carton out, out in the back, and I was, you know, my dad was teaching me how to, sh- you know, how to pump it and shoot the, shoot the BB gun. And so, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm shooting at this milk carton. I'm kind of hitting it. Do you, Do you know the state bird of Texas? The mockingbird. Uh, the mockingbird, right? Yeah. So I, I'm sitting there shooting my BB gun at this milk carton, and as I'm shooting, you know, you, so you can't kill the state bird, right? Right. That, that's illegal. Yeah. And I'm a little kid with a BB gun shooting at a milk carton. And like right as I shoot, <laughs> as I shoot at the milk carton, a mockingbird <laughs> flies right in front of it. And uh, that's 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 where they came up with the plot of how to kill a mockingbird. You give a you give a 10 year old a BB gun and tell him to shoot at a milk carton. And then a mockingbird flies right in front of it. So that's you know that's how that's how I killed a mockingbird for the first time ever. It, it reminded me a lot of if you're a baseball fan like I was growing up, like Randy Johnson threw a pitch from <laughs> from home plate, and before it got there, it hit a bird. The bird <laughs> like exploded. That that's kind of what it reminded me of. So that was a, a good uh, good moment for me at Christmas. So um, <clears throat> as I was like thinking about this and asking this question, I was thinking about okay, like what are, what are some of the good like memories? That I've had. And some, um, somebody on, as I asked this question on Facebook, or I think it was Instagram, he asked, um, what is a moment that shaped or strengthened your faith? Like, it, just in my life. So he was just a- answering the question of, like, what question would you like to ask me today? And I started thinking about, like, because, like, Christmas is a real nostalgic time, right? So I, I, I was at my, my house this, this, uh, this Christmas at my parents' house and where I grew up we were in my room going through all this old stuff, going through all these memories. Like I I found like my fourth grade, it was like my end of year fourth grade project where you have to go around the class and like, okay, who was the, who was the best at math? Who were your teachers? Who did you like the most? And like, you know, being the snarky little kid that I was is like, what will you look forward to or what will you miss the most about, about fourth grade? And I was like, recess. What will you not miss the most? And I like called out a teacher. Like I wrote a teacher's name in there. I was like, man, I was, I was a brat. But then, uh, you know, we got to, got to the end and, and it was just really interesting. It's like, um, there was a, there was a space for you to write like people's contacts, contact names in. And, um, uh, one of the people, there was only a few people that I got like the contact, you know, it was like contacting info for so you can hang out with them in the summer. And one of them is a is a guy that was a friend of mine. So this was fourth grade. He was a, a friend of mine all the way through until until tenth grade. And he actually passed away in tenth grade. So it's like it was just like really weird for me to see these memories and think about you know, being nostalgic and like seeing all these great memories, but also seeing like you know this kind of sad memory. So I was just just kind of reflecting over that over the, over this Christmas and thinking about all the like how important memories are for us, right? Because like I know a lot of people in this Christmas season. A struggle when whenever they're they're missing somebody or they um, somebody has passed away in the, especially in the last years their first Christmas without somebody or even if it was a long time ago it's just a hard time because because of those those memories that you have of people whether the good memories or bad memories it's just a hard time but there's also a great thing about memories and like I was thinking about my Christmases as a, as a young person and just like the awe and the wonder of Christmas morning. You know, you you wake up, and, you know, it's just like built up and anticipated and there's all, you know, for there, you know, from Thanksgiving on, there's Christmas music playing and there's, you know, lights going up and there's Christmas parties at school and there's all these kinds of things that help build up the moment of anticipation. And, th- and then there's just this awe and wonder on Christmas morning when you finally get to open those gifts that you've seen under the tree for the last month or two. And um, I just like... As an older person now, I miss that awe and wonder. And I, but, but I'm able to look back at those memories. I'm like, okay, what can 27-year-old Taylor learn from 7-year-old Taylor, right, of this awe and wonder? Because, like, <clears throat> the awe and wonder that I had for Christmas as a kid and I had for the entire season and the gifts is, like, the same awe and wonder that I wanted to experience, like, in my faith on Christmas, Right. And, and Christmas is such a an interesting time. Like Christmas mass this year was absolutely crazy because we have an almost four year old and a almost two year old and Christmas mass. They decided to be like absolutely crazy. Right. So I'm in this I'm in this parish that uh, that I used to work in. So I hadn't seen people in a long time. So I'm walking in and, I, and I'm catching up with them. And uh, right before mass starts, I get a Snapchat from somebody. I'm like, this is weird. And uh, I, I open it up right before mass starts. And it's just a picture of the back of my head. Like from the sky? I'm like, what is happening? And he was up in the in the choir loft. He's like his it was a snap of the back of my head from up there saying, I see you. So I turn around, I wave at him. Then Mass so that's how mass started for me. And then my kids are climbing all over the place and they're making they're being all loud and stuff. So um, I'm I'm taking them in and out. And then uh, if you went to mass, you'll remember like that the gospel had had a choice you could do the long version which included like all the names and stuff jake did uh did they do the long version at the mass that you went to did they read all the names out loud they didn't they didn't right right so here's the deal so um, i'll uh maybe this is a little insight into the life of taylor that uh proves that I'm I'm not the greatest person of all time. So I made a bet during mass <laughs> with my dad. <laughs> so like right before the gospel started, he's like, wait, why is this so long? There's all these names. I was like, oh, well, here's these brackets, you know, like the brackets for the longer or shorter form. And I'm like, I, I, I bet you five bucks that he does the short form. He looks up at the priest. And he's like, I don't know. I think he's going to do the long form. So I actually won $5 in mass because we totally did the short form. <laughs> So <laughs> Jake was going to say something to me and then he, he thought better of it. He'll chastise me during the break. Um, and then like the whole rest of the mass, I mean, it was just like my kids going all over the place. And I was like, well, it's a little different. There wasn't that awe and wonder. And I was just thinking about, okay, sometimes things don't go as you plan, but we can rely on some of those memories that we had from from before. And that's that was like my prayer for myself. I'm still kind of working through it of like, I want that same wonder and all that I had as a little kid for my faith. Because, like, the good thing is, like, whether Christmas mass was beautiful for me or whether Christmas day was beautiful for you, the cool thing is Christmas isn't over. It just started, right? That whole 12 days of Christmas thing. It's not the 12 days leading up to Christmas. Like, we're in the 12 days of Christmas right now. This Christmas season so, you know, we've been talking about Advent on the show for, for quite a while, and it's just beautiful how the church sets these things up that we're, you know, we're building up and we're anticipating, but instead of, like, one day of celebration, we have 12 days of celebration. So whether, like, I just kind of feel like maybe a little bit for myself and maybe for some of you that, like, <laughs> maybe Christmas wasn't all, Christmas Day wasn't all uh, you wanted it to be, right? where there was this all, all this built up in anticipation, and then it just happened. And I know it happens for a lot of us because we're busy. We're dealing with, uh, you know, we're traveling. We're going to see people we hadn't seen in a while. Or, or like in my case, you have kids running all over you and running around the whole church during Christmas Mass. So the cool thing is, no matter what kind of uh, Christmas day you had, you can still, like, ask God for that awe and wonder and ask him to come meet you where you are today. So... Um, we're going to take a break here in just a second. When we come back, just tell you the plan for the rest of the show. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about memories and about um, what memories can do for us. We're going to talk a little bit about I'm going to answer some more uh, listener questions from earlier about anxiety. We're going to talk about that because this is going to be a season of anxiety for a lot of people. Um, and then we're going to um, interview my good friend Brian Lennox about Star Wars and faith and Christmas. It's going to be quite a deal of fun. So stay tuned. We will be right back. All right, we're back. This is Forte Catholic Radio with your host, Taylor Schroll. Back after the break, we're talking about Christmas today. We're talking about Christmas memories and the importance of memories. And we're also doing some listener questions. And listener. I asked a couple of questions on social media before the show started. So I'm going to just jump right into those. I mentioned it earlier and didn't get to it. So uh, a former youth of mine at my last parish um, commented, his name is Tomas. He said, "What is your best and worst movies of the year?" So looking back on on this twenty this crazy twenty sixteen, um, what was my favorite movie? My favorite movie by far has already been uh, has already been mentioned. I'm wearing my Captain America shirt. I loved Civil War, Marvel Civil War, Captain America Civil War. Oh my goodness, it was so good. So I uh, it was actually the first time I ever read an entire comic before. I watched the movie. So I read all ninety something comics prepared for the movie. I went and saw the movie. I, I got to uh I saw like a midnight showing. I was leading St. Joseph's School's uh senior trip. So it was like twenty-something seniors that it, that were about to graduate. We took them to San Antonio. We went to SeaWorld all day. And then like like from I think we went to like a twelve thirty at night showing. We were there to like two or three in the morning. And then I saw it then, and then I watched it again with my wife, like, that Sunday. Man, that's, like, the best movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. So that was definitely my favorite movie of the year. My least favorite movie of the year... Um, I don't watch many movies. So, like, when I go to the theater... It takes a lot to get me to the theater. So, like, I go to see the big Marvel movies every year. Um, uh, so I saw... This year I saw pr- pretty much just comic book stuff, because I guess I'm a loser. I saw... Uh, Civil War. I saw Star Wars. I saw another comic book movie that I probably shouldn't talk about on Catholic radio (laughs) Deadpool. Don't go see it because I'm a bad person. Um, Do what I say, not what I do, that type of thing. So um, those are my like, but I don't go see, I purposely don't go see movies that I know are going to be bad. So um, I don't watch many bad movies, but I will say that my kids watch the same stuff over and over again. So, like, The Very Hungry Caterpillar is a fantastic film. I think it's I think it's absolutely great. I think it won an Academy Award the year it came out. Uh, that's not true at all. But uh, the, the 187th time that you watch Very Hungry Caterpillar, um, I've gotten very good at tu- tuning things out. So I just sit there and, like, play on my iPad while he watches, the kids watch Very Hungry Caterpillar for the, you know, ridiculous amount of time. So that's it. He also, uh, T- uh, Tomas also asked, so that was... Uh, his first question. His second question was, "What's a moment that shaped or strengthened your faith life?" Um, so, I think I've mentioned it before in the year, but I'm gonna, I'm going we're gonna dive into this a little bit today, since we're talking about uh, memories and all these these things in this Christmas season. So, for me, it was when I was in college. So I I kind of grew up and just long story short I grew up in the church went to CCE didn't really like it that much had a but I I learned like knowledge things and then but it didn't really mean anything to me and then I moved into to youth ministry in my uh, moving into my freshman year I went to a Zoomville conference and I I had this great encounter with God and then kind of just. I didn't have this big, like life changing, one big life changing moment, but just kind of always taking the next step. Just every year, getting a little closer to God, a little close to God. I'd take, you know, three steps back, three steps forward, two steps forward, one step back, and just kind of slowly making my way uh, closer to God. Um, But like the, the second biggest step besides that, like initial conversion for me in the summer of my eighth grade year was, was when I was in college. And I mentioned this before when we were talking about scripture and, um, it's it was when uh, one of my Protestant friends, my non denominational friends, challenged challenged me and a couple of my Catholic friends, like you guys need to read Scripture, and we're like, okay, like we know our faith, right? Like we we knew the catechism, we knew the teachings of the Church, we knew all like the book knowledge stuff that we're supposed to learn in CCE and youth ministry, um, but it was never instilled in us as it is in a lot of non, non- denominational young people the importance of reading your Bible and knowing your Bible. And I was talking to this because as most of you know, I work in youth ministry and I was talking with one of the youth ministers that I work with um, about sharing this importance of reading scripture with our young people today. And there's this book that's in Latin. It was written in Latin by now St. John Paul II called Catechise Tridende. And it's this um, catechesis in our time. So it's like, how do we share the faith this deposit of faith, this stuff that Jesus and his apostles have handed down to us, how do we share that in our modern world? And one of the things that he says, um, kind of in response to, to, um, to something that like, my parents' generation experienced, is that, um, and kind of what I received as a young kid, it's like, oh, you need to memorize all this stuff. You need to memorize your prayers. You need to memorize the Ten Commandments, memorize, um, like, you know, there's like the Baltimore Catechism st- style of teaching. For those of you that don't know, it's like, it was kind of like the teachings of the church in little memory snippets where you had to memorize them. Like, that was kind of your faith formation <clears throat> when, when, like, people in my, my parents' generation were growing up. So they would memorize these things or made to memorize these things, but it wasn't always like taught or it didn't connect to the heart and it didn't really mean anything to people. And that's, that was kind of um, my experience growing, growing up as a real young person. It's like, Oh yeah, I learned like the stories in the Bible. I learned um, all, all of these things, but I didn't, uh, it didn't really mean anything to me. And so like in response to that, a lot of people who experienced that way of being catechized, or being taught the faith um, kind of swung the pendulum all the way to the other side. It's like, we need no memorization uh, mem- like memorization of scripture or stories or prayers isn't important. It all needs to come from the heart. And it's like, okay, well I, I get like the intention of that, <clears throat> but like John Paul, II is trying to tell us like, look, we don't need to swing the pendulum all the way from one side to the other. We need to meet somewhere in the middle. So he says <clears throat> um, in the blossoms, if we can call them that of faith and piety do not grow in the desert places of a memoryless catechesis. So uh, catechesis is like a teaching of the faith. I'm going to read it again. The, the blossoms, if we may call them that, of faith and piety do not grow in the desert places of a memoryless catechesis. So what he's saying is like we have to, like memory is a big part of who we are, like, like you know being able to say the Our Father or being able to say the, the Hail Mary or being able to, 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 re- to recite a scripture verse. Like these, these types of things are very helpful for us. And then he continues so that the pendulum doesn't swing all the way the other way. What is essential is that these texts that are memorized must at the same time be taken in and gradually understood in depth in order to become a source of Christian life on the personal level and the community level. So he, he's, he's trying to merge these two things right into the middle. And I think for for me, and I think for a lot of people who have been taught the faith in the past, you know, been, been in the church the past 10, 15, 20 years, is because this response of anti-memorization, we need to kind of swing back and like look at the importance of memorization because we all know the importance of memories. You know, we've been talking about our favorite Christmas memories. We've been talking about memories of our childhood. Like those are the things that made us who we are. Our memories are very important. And so I just want to kind of dive into this this idea a little more about our, our memories and our memorization um, in in scripture because he says like this is to become a source of Christian life on a personal level and a community level. So like on the community level, if you think about it, basically it's like, Oh, if we're going to pray together, you know, we can all kind of do like kind of the popcorn prayer. Like I pray, you pray. Um, But a lot of times when we come together um, as, as Catholics across denominations, like we'll say the, our father together, it's important that we have that memorized. So, so we can pray that together. But also he, you know, he says like, okay, we have it memorized, but we need to, um, gradually understand in depth. And I think this is one thing that, um, you know, it's that the church can be criticized for. It's like, Oh, it's so repetitive. Mass is so repetitive. It's the same thing over and over again. The, our father, the hail Mary is, so repetitive. Like, why are we doing this? And it's like, okay, because we have it memor- memorized, but we need to gradually understand it in depth. And like, <clears throat> I, uh, even the, our father, like there are times where I can say the, our father, I don't know how many, you know, hundreds, thousands of times I've said it since I was a little kid. Like there are times where like I was like, oh, my goodness, I hadn't really thought about that aspect of that prayer before or going into mass. I, my, my favorite season of the year is, is Holy Week, you know, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, uh, and then Easter Sunday, the Easter Vigil. Most of the times, like literally those are the exact same masses that the same readings are read, but like every year, even though it's the same scripture, like the scripture is, you know, is, is, is a living thing. It's, it's effective and it's, it's going to cut to our heart. And like every, every year I'm in a different place. Some, some holy weeks I'm super stressed out. Like when I was in college, I was in the middle of you know, finals or getting ready for finals. Other times I'm in this great joyous time. Other times it's like a sad time for me. Um, so like I'm always in a different place. So even though I hear these, these same repetitive things, it does something different for me. So um, let's, let's just dive in a little more about um, what the scriptures can mean for us. In Deuteronomy, like right at the beginning of the Bible, we get this, you know, what, what is now known as like the you know, part of the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. So we get this, we get this great commandment. And like if somebody tells you to do something. If I'm like, hey, Jake, take out the trash, and you don't do it, like, it's really hard for you, like, it, you can just, oh, I forgot, right? Well, okay, like, you forgot, which, um, my, if my wife's listening right now, I just realized that I forgot to take the trash out on my way out, on my way to the radio show today. Whoops. Um, so, like, that's a very good example. Like, I forgot to do that. So, like, but with, with this commandment of God, it's like, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. It's like, okay, that's nice, but then, you know, I can, I can move on from this radio station and go, you know, live my life tomorrow and the next day, and if that's not something that's on my mind, it's probably not something that I'm going to do, so he says, all these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Like for us to, to be able to know what we're supposed to do as Christians, how we're supposed to live our lives, like we need to be, number one, reading our scripture and reading our Bibles, getting um, familiar with them so that we, we can like go out and do what the scriptures are saying, right? That's kind of the whole point. <laughs> so in um, another scripture, it says that after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and I'll write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. So God wants us to have the scriptures like constantly in our minds and written on our hearts. Right. So, um, this whole like idea of pray always or always having scripture in your mind. It's like, I mean, sometimes I'm thinking about star Wars. Sometimes I'm thinking about random other things. So it's like, but is it, is the scripture like deep into who I am? Is it part of my everyday life? And like, for me, honestly, like there are times where it is and there's times where it definitely isn't so um why is this important i think it's important for two main reasons um like this memorization of scripture is number one uh, for fighting temptation so we look at the story of jesus being tempted by satan satan's actually it's like satan's a, a very he's a smart dude he's been he's been deceiving people for a very long time like he knows what he's doing so he's trying to deceive jesus with scripture so satan is throwing scripture in jesus's face and Jesus has to be like like no like, the, like that's not right how you're using that scripture. This is the truth and like in every single one of those cases Jesus responds to Satan with scripture to fight that temptation. So I think for for a lot of us it's like okay, what um what are we struggling with today? What will we be struggling with tomorrow? What are, what will we be struggling with next week? And how can we prepare for that battle? It's like oh, we need to have the truth in us. And be taught how to respond because, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I'm pretty dumb sometimes. Like, I need help in order to make the right decision. And then the second thing is for fighting temptation. So, uh, or sorry, that was the first one, for encouraging others. So Proverbs 25 says that a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. I had to look that up. I was like, what does that even mean, Right it's a kind of another way to say that is when the heart is full of God's love, it can draw on the mind full of God's word, um, then timely blessings flow from the mouth. So whenever you have God's word in you, and this has happened for me a lot, where like in like I'll like in God's providence and how he kind of has designed things. I'll read my Bible and I'll just read some random passage. And then I'll have a conversation with somebody. I'll read uh, something having to do with, with anxiety. And then I'll meet somebody later that day or the next day that's struggling with anxiety. And I'm able to you know share that scripture with them. And it makes, you know, sometimes it makes me look like I'm super holy. It's like, well, not really. I just read my Bible today. I've just shared what I read, you know, 12 minutes ago. Um, so I think that reading scripture, number one, getting into it, um, like I know we're starting the new year here pretty soon. Like that would be a great uh new year's resolution like to read, you know, a chapter a day. And I know uh, a lot of my mentors like they would um memorize like a verse a week. So every day you wake up, you can write it on your mirror, you can have it on your phone. I know a lot of people like use like their their lock screen on their phone like to to read that scripture every day and just like by naturally, you don't have to like, you know, stare at it and like try to like, you know, use the force to memorize it. You just, you know, read it and and you know, anything that we do consistently Um, (laughs) will begin to memorize without even trying. Like I know, like watching movies, like I don't try to memorize movies, but when I watch them eight times, you know, I start to be able to say all the words, right? So um, that's what like I want for myself for scripture. That's what I want for you for those two main reasons of fighting temptation, which we all need help with. And then also to be encouragement to others and being able to speak truth, to speak life into people, not just with our own words, but with the words of God just kind of wrap this up. Um, a great Christian author, uh, Chuck Swindoll, says um, I know of no other single practice in the Christian life more rewarding, practically speaking, than memorizing scripture. No other single exercise pays greater spiritual dividends. Your prayer life will be strengthened. Your witnessing will be sharper and much more effective. Your attitudes and outlook will begin to change. Your mind will become alert and observant. Your confidence and assurance will be enhanced and your faith will be solidified. So um, that's my encouragement for you today i'm going to get um kind of segue right into this another question from from somebody earlier a girl named molly andorfer who was a an intern for me at my last at my last pair she's a great um young woman she's in college right now she's i know she's like rap, wrapping up college she said uh do you know of any prayers to saints or prayers in general that deal with worrying about the future are there any state, saint stories that deal with worry um so I was thinking about this and I was uh, one time I was I was driving in the car listening to Kathy radio and I, they were talking about a saint that was speaking about worry and I have no idea who it is. So sorry Molly, but it's a, it's a quote that I've I've kind of I've kind of lived by. Uh, because it's it's or every every time I hear it or I share it with somebody, um, everybody laughs because it's so true. It's like ninety five percent of the stuff that I worry about never happens, right? So we get into like this battlefield of the mind where we're worrying about oh these are the seventeen thousand things that could happen, and like none of them actually end up happening. It's very it's very. Uh, I looked for the quote. I Googled the quote today, and I found a very similar quote from Mark Twain. He's not a saint, but uh, um. So what do we do about it? And I, I think. Going back to the scriptures is like okay, we need to be filling ourselves up with the truth and with life. Um, but also, there is a saint um, from Saint Padre, it was a saint quote from Saint Padre Pio. He says um, his motto was "Pray, hope, and don't worry." So, like, continually bring those things into prayer. Like, worrying is you know, almost useless. Like, if there's if you're worrying about something in the future, just decide what can you do about it today to To help fix that worry for, for the future, um, and then also if uh, if I know I, I wasn't able to talk about it that much, but episode six of this uh, show was on hope, so uh, check that out. We'll be right back with a special guest, Brian Lennox. Um, so we'll be back in about two three minutes. So stay tuned. <laughs> Catholic for today. Just keeping it chill today, just hanging out in the studio. I uh, We uh, got Brian Lennox on the line. What's up, Brian? Hey, Merry Christmas, Taylor. How are you? Merry Christmas to you as well. I'm doing great. Got a little cold. My throat's a little scratchy, but we're making it through. Uh, how was your Christmas, man? It was great. It's still
2: going, too. We were at the, uh, the zoo today, and, and I was wishing people Merry Christmas. They were looking at me like I had you know, four heads or something. And I'm just like, hey, it's still Christmas, folks. I mean, I know the trees are going down, music has stopped and everything, but uh, it was good. It's still going well. Um, We have – everything was in town. My family's in town, and so we we did a lot here. And then my wife had her brother come in town too. So uh, it was wonderful. We had a great time.
0: Yeah, every year, like, during this, like, whole Christmas season that we just begun, we're still going through. Like, every year I have this internal argument of, like, Okay, do I do I be a true Catholic and like still say Merry Christmas or do, or is that being like the weird Catholic like where people look at you like you have four heads, right? So it's always I always try to have to find a balance for it and I, I never got a good answer. I just I mean, people always look at me kind of like I'm kind of crazy, anyway. So I guess it's not just a Christmas yeah, thing, but it's, it's it's a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I know some people listening might be familiar with who you are because you're a giant in youth ministry for a long time. But uh, who, who are you? What do you do? Uh, why don't you just explain why you're on this show here for a little while? <laughs>
2: uh, so I graduated from Texas A&M University, and I had Whoop. my reversion in in, in, I guess when I was in college I I wanted to be a politician my whole life and I opted out of that. I heard the call to ministry and so uh, I graduated from Texas A and M and came to the Archdiocese of Galveston Houston where I worked in youth ministry for about twelve years as a as a coordinator and director of youth ministry. That's Uh, that's six
0: times longer than the average congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: I, I am a, a grandpa in ministry. I have a former youth that are, that are ministers now. And so it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing. And, and I guess just as my family has grown and, and, and as things have changed in my life through constant discernment, rediscernment, uh, moved into more of an administration role. And so I, I'm, I'm currently serving as a director of faith formation at a a brand new parish in the Archdiocese and uh, love it. I oversee youth ministry and then, you know, the youngins and baptism all the way up through adult formation and all sacrament preparation. So, uh, so it's wonderful. It's a new challenge, but it's uh, it's beautiful to meet the families with where they're at in this Busy, busy
0: life. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because, like, the idea of a new Catholic church popping up, like, that doesn't happen all the time. Most of the time, they're getting closed. So, something good must be happening in your neck of the woods. So, what is it like be, working in a parish that was just created? Like, what is different about that than working in a parish or going, you know, being a part of a parish that's been established for 100 years?
2: I, I would say right off the bat, the, the immediate thing is that there's no. Well, we've always done it this way, right? I mean, you, you hear that in ministry so often. We've always done it this way. We've always done this way. We've been doing it this uh, way for collecting. 14
0: days. Yeah. We have to
2: keep yeah. going. This is, this is the tradition of the last two masses of this morning. Uh, no, I, so, so the parish I'm at is St. Is Faustina in Fulcher, Texas. It was established uh, about two years ago, when, and actually two weeks ago, we had a dedication with the Cardinal, with Cardinal Bernardo, and he came out and dedicated our church, which is actually our par- will be our parish hall, but that's what we'll be doing church out of for the next uh, few years. And it's, it's, we have a lot of new challenges since we really don't have a space to have classes every week and to do the normal stuff that parishes that are well-established would do. So uh, we've done, and we, we're thinking outside the box constantly what, what we can do, and so we have a lot of, faith formation and evangelization opportunities are taking place uh, with the families and the parents at home. Uh, we do have monthly events for the young people where they come together for their, their faith formation classes. Uh, but it's just, it's, we always have to think outside the box with what we do. And it's a, uh, it's a great challenge. It is a challenge, but a wonderful challenge nonetheless.
0: Yeah, that's great. So one of the things that I saw that I thought was really interesting, like, you know, Catholics aren't always known for being the most technology, technologically, technologically, advanced uh, Christians are out there, so one of the things that I saw actually over the Christmas break was a video from your pastor about Christmas that got like like I, by the time I saw it on Christmas, it was like twelve thousand views. I think it's up to like thirty something now like so being able to embrace those types of things like what's y'all's um, kind of method that you're using with technology to to do things in a new way?
2: We're very technologically and AV savvy, and so, uh, so they went ahead and they put the projectors into the parish um, to just kind of you know, help accommodate all the families that are coming through in, in that sense within the parish. But throughout the parish and throughout the community, we're trying to, to do everything we can through website, social media, and video ministry as well. And that's been a passion of mine for, for a long time, doing youth ministry videos, doing comedic videos, doing reflection videos. And so the, the video that I did with Father Dat was just an opportunity that was inspired by the Catholics Come Home for Christmas, uh, I guess, movement that's taken place over the last few years. And we, we had a great, perfect storm of, hey, we have a brand new church here. We have an opportunity to invite new Catholics here, but also uh, returning Catholics and, and, and families that want to come experience the parish for the first time. So uh, we had a lot of fun making it, and it was just, it was, I, I, was, I was shocked by how, how far it has has reached in, in terms of the number of views and just who's seen it as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. And being an old man that's getting some hits on Facebook, that's congratulations on that. So Hey, I
2: appreciate it. I can <laughs> put on my resume and all that, so I'll get a trophy <laughs> for that. <so.
0: laughs> how, how old of a guy are you? You're not that old.
2: Mid-30s. I can, I can officially run for president uh, next year, so that'll be uh, – uh, I'll start my campaign up in 2020 and see how that goes. So
0: we'll see. Dude, I I would totally vote for you. And I'm, I'm sad we missed you for this <laughs> past election. We were just I, talking about that earlier. I, I, we uh, uh two votes then. That's great. Yeah, we were talking two votes your wife and, and me. You, you, you might get confused and vote for somebody else. But I, I won't
2: vote for myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's some strange Catholic humility type thing. Oh, I can't vote for myself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so. Uh, by the way, you said that you you like used to do funny videos. I always say that I have the perfect face for radio. You have the perfect face for funny videos. You really just really do I it. Appreciate it, that. it really works. I appreciate it. So, <laughs> so, like, w- one of the ways that we've gotten to know each other is by being nerds together. Like, by um, yes. we play video games together. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun just to kind of do that. You know, we both have families, so we put our families to sleep, and then you know we're sitting there playing video games with each other late late into the late into the evening. Um, But, uh... Another thing that we have in common is is our love of Star Wars and our, our nerdiness in Star Wars. And um, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on the new movie that just came out. And um, just just to be safe, like we're going to make this, keep this spoiler free um, so that we don't, okay. you know, because Disney's really hurting for money and we don't want to spoil it so that people don't go to the to the it's, theater.
2: It's still <laughs> a low-key movie, right? Has, has it been widely released? Isn't it like a Los Angeles, New York movie only?
0: Yeah, right yeah, now? yeah. I, I, right? It's in select theaters. I, 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 uh, I was lucky enough to see it. So what were your thoughts on the movie Full picture it was great uh, you know
2: so as a father i, I had three boys and uh i was able to bring my six-year-old son to see the movie and so that, and that's one of those things that as a, as a star wars as a nerd as a, as a fan of the movies and you see these as a young kid and they're really generational to where you you you, you imagine those moments and days where you can share some of this with the family and and and, and your your children and so So I went through and I read all the reviews and I saw the different parts that were going to be maybe too intense for him. And and he's somebody that's he's seen four, five, and six of Star Wars, and so he has an idea of the characters, knows all this, has a lot of the uh, memorabilia. Uh, And we went in and and we both really enjoyed it. And I think the hard part is I think anybody that really likes Star Wars is really going to like it, really love it, even. Uh, people that are not as familiar with Star Wars may kind of look at it as, a, you know, who are these characters, who are these people? Because there are a lot of new characters. It's outside of the, the, the I guess, the what is it, Skywalker saga storyline and everything. And so, so it is a little bit different. They had a lot of good throwbacks to other characters and other plot points. Uh, but I think the last act of the movie, the final act of the movie, was well worth admission. I mean, it was, I thought it was incredible, especially those last 30 minutes of the movie.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like what about uh, you? I... I, I... I liked it. I did enjoy it. And I like kind of my biggest takeaway from it, like the final act was absolutely amazing. But like for me, like the beginning kind of dragged a little bit. And so like my biggest takeaway is like I I, I love telling stories. I love sharing with people and I, I kinda figured it was like one of those things like, okay, if you go to mass and there's a homily and the first three minutes are bad, what's the likelihood that you're gonna stay tuned? Right, not, right, right. Not not much, right? Like, <laughs> um uh So, like, for me, like, I love Star Wars. So, like, I was staying tuned in. I wanted to, like, get every piece and, like, take it all in. But it just started slow. But then, like, the good thing was it ramped up and got better and better and better. So, I've been kind of focusing on that. But, man, that last act was, as you said, just completely worth the admission price Um so much fun! All those throwbacks and like you know, like you were saying, the nostalgia from like when I was a kid and like it's crazy because now it's been around for three generations, right? Like our <laughs> our kids, us, and then like our parents have all been kids while Star Wars were coming out in the theaters. So exactly, um, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, like what, what, uh, I, I know that you said that, that you saw some things that like connected to our faith, um, in the movie. Um, to be honest, I, I was just being a Star Wars fan. I probably should have been, uh, watching it more as a Christian to, uh, to set up for this show a little bit. But, uh, I don't have to do the hard work if you do it for me. So, what did you see in, no, exactly. in the movie connected exactly. to faith?
2: So, I've seen it twice, so I did, you know, I'll put that put that out there. I did see it the first time as a fan. I was with my son, so I was wrapped up with the, the father-son experience watching Star Wars. The second time I did, I, I was analyzing a lot more. Uh, the characters, you know, I, I think to, to your point about it took a while to kind of get into it, they're introducing all these new characters and so it was very tough to kind of follow them and and empathize and kind of get behind them and be passionate about them. Uh, Which by the way, did you have a favorite character in the, in the movie?
0: My, my favorite character was the new robot, the KTSO. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay.
2: I, I think he will be everyone's clear consensus. There. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Uh, so there's obviously throughout Star Wars, one of the best things is, is there's so many allegories to Christianity, right? It's, it's the good versus evil um, stories of redemption uh, of flawed characters that are able to, to come and find hope, um, find, find some sort of light. Uh, the idea of uh, redemption that comes within everybody, even the weak, Right. And so I think in this one, the idea of hope kind of kept getting tossed around through everything including the the, the 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 squadron and everything the idea of hope and and what their their whole mission is i mean cuz this movie is self-contained but it is a great assist or precursor to what four is right and without kind of spoiling details it does talk about the death star and a lot of the different things that with with regards to that so it answers a lot of the questions going into four and so there are so many so many characters i think their internal struggle is with regards to the idea of hope and what to do and how to overcome that. Uh, there's, there's, there's examples of people praying in there. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I put prayer in parentheses. I'm doing parentheses right in front of me right now. You can't see
0: Yeah. It's it, great but, for radio. Uh,
2: it's, it's wonderful, right? You can <laughs> see my, my, my sign language, but no, there's ideas of prayer in in, in, the, in, in that story and evangelization that takes place uh, between two of the characters, the, uh, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to kind of go into detail, but, there's a lot of that that is there and that's present. It's just, and I think that's one of the reasons why I have that comfortability kind of bringing my son to go see the movie, because there is those images that we can talk about afterwards and how there is redemption. There is this, you know, you know, there's different things you can do for your friends and support them. And, and, and so there's a lot of good stuff that kind of came out of that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely for me, like for uh, one of them, there's one of the new characters named Cassian and, uh, I mean, he's, he's just been part of this rebellion. He's been part of war for, you know, I think, I think he said like 20, 25 years, something like that. So like anytime, like war's not pretty. So he, he, he talks about not doing some, some very pretty things and, and without giving too much away, like he, yeah. he has this time where he, where he turns to believe that he can still do good, you know, that he can still do, uh, get behind something good and still do good, um. And I, like I started thinking, you know, like not in the movie, but after the movie when I was, think, you know, go, playing it over in my head over and over again, um, getting my money's worth uh, for seeing the movie. But just watching that and seeing how many people like how I've I've done it before, where like I think I'm too far gone that I can't do any good or uh, how a lot of people just get stuck in that. And that's why a lot of people leave, leave the faith or stop, be, you know, stop praying or all of these types of things. Um, and, that, you know, as well, you-, if you think about it.
2: Well, yeah, and if you think about it, I mean, each of the characters, the whole movie is about the choices that the team makes, right? Individual choices and choices of the team. So every single one of the characters had that moment at the crossroads where they had to choose, you know, uh, a choice that was utilitarian in nature that was going to give them more and greater power, greater glory, or... Is it this idea of humility and doing something for a team, doing something for, I mean, every single one of them, I mean, from, from Jen, who is the main protagonist, all the way up to you know, her father and the whole rogue squadron. I mean, everybody. And it's a, it's a very fascinating movie when you look at that standpoint, that everyone has that choice. And it really does get back to the idea that, hey, it's, it's this idea that we have in faith is, is choosing actively every single day uh, to live out our faith and to do what we need to do, and especially in the, the face of unsurmountable uh, danger. So it, it's, it is good in that sense as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, um, for those of you who, who aren't as familiar with Star Wars, like, there's these, you know, the, the Jedi or the pretty typical good guys, and the Sith are the typical, you know, typical bad guys. And they've been kind of at odds uh, for thousands and thousands of years, which is, you know, pretty typical, like, pretty easy to look at our faith. Like, you know, God and Satan and good and evil have been going at it for many years. And, um, you know, the Jedi, the good are defeated at the end of three, you know, like, and, so there's this one guy in the movie who is still like kind of channeling and they, they use the force. So a lot of people like try to, you know, like Christians, there's some problems with trying to say that's the Holy Spirit or that's God. But yeah, um, yeah. but it's you know, there are some similarities in that. And there's this one guy and he still believes like he still believes in the fourth force. He still believes in the power that the Jedi used. And like when no one else around him does like you know, literally like people make fun of him or all <laughs> these kinds of things. But I mean, he's a blind dude that can hit people like that's just impressive. <laughs> and like something has to be happening. Right. Like you can't just do that, even if you are Donnie Yen. So uh, the It man himself. But there's this cool moment at the end where, where somebody yeah. who, who didn't believe. Came to believe because of his example and his you know, his, yeah. his willingness to to stand firm in in all the things that are going on around him, and I just thought that was really cool. Um, for you know we see like that's the gift of the martyrs for us, right? So what did you think about that that scene that kind of um, storyline?
2: Yeah, I, I'm trying to kind of you know re- refrain myself from kind of sharing too much, but that that was absolutely one of the, the scenes that stands out to me as as uh, hey, this is an I absolutely a great example of, of Christian imagery and that. Uh, you know the the blind man and then his best friend who who we know was following him for a while seeing him and kind of doubting him but uh yeah it's 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 it is uh uh, that was kind of a one of those great images that stood out in the movie to me as well
0: yeah for sure so um we're going to wrap up here any final thoughts on 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 the film that you just had to get out
2: it's it's yeah, if you've ever seen any Star Wars movie you know anything about it, you've got to pay for the price to get to know the story, get to see some of the, the missing questions answered in terms of what happens in 4 and some great throwbacks that will be enjoyed by all.
0: Yeah, it was great, man. So speaking of great, it was great to have you on today. I really appreciate you coming on, talking about Star Wars. Um, I'd love to have you on again. Have a great day. Thanks. Merry Christmas again. Yeah, you too, man. Merry Christmas. Hey, uh, so we're going to wrap up the show here today. If you want more on Star Wars, more on hope, uh, first of all, go see the movie because it's absolutely fantastic in this segment will make a lot more sense. Um, You can always listen to the show on on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Go check out episode six. It's on hope. I talk about Star Wars a little bit there in preparation for this movie. So um, this has been fun. Like, rate the show, share it with your friends. Until next week, see ya!